Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Dr. Marnie Hill Badarero. Marnie is an award-winning celebrated author, speaker, and educator. She earned her doctorate in education from Northern Illinois University and completed postdoctoral studies at Harvard after a very successful and rewarding 35-year career as a high school special ed teacher with 12 years as a university adjunct graduate school professor. Marnie's life was forever changed after experiencing numerous trauma-induced STEs, spiritually transformative encounters. Marnie's 2020 Best Books Award-winning spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale, is prominently endorsed by James Redfield, best-selling author of the Celestine Prophecy series of books. Welcome, Marnie. How are you today? Oh, hey, Terry. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on Kick-Ass Boomers. What an awesome name for a show. Ah, ah, it is. And now you are one, too. There you go. And I love the Caribbean background. We're going to get into the, where you are in the Caribbean. That'll be great. But we'll start with your trauma-induced STEs, because I've never heard of them before, spiritually transformative encounters. What were they, and how did they change your life? Well, I'm happy to talk about that. They're very similar to a near-death experience, which is an NDE. And people have heard about that where you die on an operating table or in an accident or something, and then you have an amazing spiritual experience and then come back to life to talk about it. Well, I didn't have to flatline, but I certainly did have a traumatic experience that prompted me to kind of pay attention to the signs and synchronicities. And I was presented with some spiritual miracles that really were life-changing. And so my situation was, had decided to leave my American dream, okay, which really was kind of a false reality. I left a marriage after 27 years when I realized at a defining moment that my values of love and honesty, fiscal responsibility, fidelity, all of those things were not the same values of who I was with for close to three decades. And yes, there were red flags along the way. So many people say, why did you wait so long? But when you are focused on living the American dream, just working hard, raising a family, taking care of things at home. And I pursued some of my own interests, an advanced degree, some of the hobbies I was interested in. I was presented with some very concerning inconsistencies, but I just ignored them because I just didn't want to upset the apple cart. And I kept on thinking. I think you're not, you're normal. Most people do. I think there's tons of women in your position and they may be never leave because they don't want to upset the apple cart. Right, right. And and I had adult children at the time. So 
I was very thankful that finally when my light bulb moment happened, they were adults because the person I was married to is uses the court system, the family court system. Even now, almost 10 years later, I'm back in the family court system. That's crazy. I've never heard of that. That Well, people can get obsessed with your destruction. But when they realize you've moved on, you're happy, you're healthy, you're living a beautiful life. And they, even though they've taken your home, your money, your support system of friends, family and neighbors, all of those things have been taken away, but you still are happy. And, and you still believe in humanity and the goodness of the world around you. And that's kind of what I am. I, I'm a living testament to, Hey, you can throw some challenges my way. And yes, they're devastating. And the losses, especially with parental alienation of two adult children, almost a decade of not having these children in your life that you devoted your life to. That's got to um, be the worst. That's got it, to be the worst. Oh. It's unbelievable. The pain is so significant, you can't even put words to it. And and this happens to so many mothers and fathers and grandparents. So, so many in your audience are kick-ass boomers, but I bet a lot of them have a story to tell about their son's wife or their daughter's husband or extended family or or not being able to see the grandchildren or having certain rules and regulations of being able to do something or say something or I, it's all these restrictions in is all part of this alienation so yes it is devastating but i also believe that we all have our own journey on this earth and you know i certainly have my own journey as far as my own relationship with my parents and so many things that come came to light when I got older, when I was putting the pieces of the puzzle of my situation together, because it's so important. You have to go back and do the inner work. You have to look at your own family dynamics and to try to make sense of what made you a target for a situation like this that is just so unbelievable. What made you vulnerable? And yeah, and there are a lot of us out there. And it definitely was things that happened in childhood that make you vulnerable. And and until you start thinking about it and facing it, you're right. It's going to keep happening. Yeah, you do have to do the inner work. And it's very painful to do that, especially with older parents or with other family members or even close friends that you've had for a lifetime. When you start to do the research about how manipulative people work and learn about narcissism and learn about how someone could use and abuse you when, you know, you think that you are bonded and have a very positive relationship. You have to do that inner work. And in doing so, it's extremely painful because you might realize that you were living in a false reality too. Just because you're a good person who's honest and want the best for everyone that doesn't mean that everyone else has those same values. And I think we, we just like the abusers project what they are to these targeted people. They're the ones that lie, cheat and steal. And that, but they'll accuse you of lying, cheating and stealing when, you know, that you wouldn't even, that wouldn't even cross your mind. We also project in a different way. So because we look at life almost through rose-colored glasses where we just, you know, everyone is good and 
there's a reason for everything and we just need to put up with whatever and it'll get better. We project that on to people that maybe we shouldn't give that credit to. So anyway, that was what kind of led up to my STEs, like you, my spiritual transformative experiences. So I, I lost everything. I had to have a garage sale. But instead of being sad or because it's hard to part with things, we get connected to, we put memories and meaning into just things that we surround ourselves with in our homes. And, and that's very natural. But instead of negative feelings, I just had feelings of gratitude and thankfulness. Instead of thinking, wow, I don't get to live in this house for the rest of my days, like I thought, I, I thought to myself, wow, I got to live in this house for 20 years. And how, how lucky am I? So I think our perspectives really make or break, you know, the outcomes to how we look at our lives. I've said this before, mindset is everything because yeah. I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 66. Oh, I'm and sorry. And I, I could have said, oh my God, why me? Why do I have to go? I, I didn't also. I said, okay, this is what the situation is. What do I have to learn from it? That's because I've done a lot of spiritual work over the years. You don't get to that without doing that spiritual work. So at that point, I was smart enough to know, okay, I'm supposed to learn something from this. What is it? Do what you have to do and move on. And that's exactly what I did. Not everyone. It's hard. People, you can't do it unless you've done the spiritual work. You really can't. Right. And, you know, I I guess up until this point, I had done some work spiritually. I certainly had more of an open mind to that there was more to this earth than just there was no divine intervention of any kind. I really believed that there was. But it wasn't until this garage sale and I actually had some miracles like surrounded by 50 to 100 dragonflies and everything was in slow motion. At the garage sale? The yep. gar- like right around that time when I was looking back at my house and I thought this can't be happening, you know, but right. everything was in slow motion and, and I could see the veins of every wing and I could see the different sizes and the iridescent colors and the feeling I got was just I was being surrounded with love and supported and 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 I got a message somehow without words that I will be okay. I'm leaving this. This is a transition, but we are on this earth's journey to grow and learn. And actually, three quarters of the way through, I started to kind of come out of my you know, experience. And I pulled out my cell phone and I videotaped a hundred dragonflies surrounding me. Did so you I, really? Yes. Wow. So I actually had some tangible you have proof. <laughs> but, but that opened the door to so many different experiences that included specifically colored feathers or specifically dated pennies and cardinals and people that would come into the garage sale and, and at other times too that just brought with them messages that there's just, it seemed like a coincidence, but it was too, too many things and too detailed to just chalk it up to this is just a coincidence. You know, we've all had the experience of, you know, okay, we haven't heard from this person in a long time. And then we think about them and then all of a sudden the phone rings and it's them. We, or, or we might be thinking of a particular person and we know their favorite song and boom, there it comes on the radio. And, you know, when you've had 
so many of these kinds of experiences. And then in my case, I did the research. I really spent several years, you know, researching near-death experiences and spiritual encounters and listened to so many people's testimonials that were very similar to mine. That gave me the validation that, yeah, you know, I was, I was gifted with some miracles here. So much so that I was compelled to write about it in, in my spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale. I love that name. I just love Thanks. it. It's phenomenal. God Came to Your Garage Sale. I just love it. I'm planning a garage sale soon within the next week and a half because I'm downsizing and I've got to get rid of stuff. So when I heard that name, it just was such a great name. God Came to My Garage Sale. Right. Well, maybe it, maybe it is synchronistic for you. At your garage sale, when you are parting with these mementos and these, these things that you once, that once held a lot of value, or they were useful, um, but they, so many things have strings attached to them or heart strings attached to them. And I know you're going to know hardly anything for it. I mean, really the whole act of doing a garage sale is it's to get rid of stuff. It is. It's, it's to get rid of stuff. Yep. But. But maybe you'll be paying attention more to signs and synchronicities in the people that come by. And you could be in a mindset of gratitude and thankfulness. I definitely will. And you'll never know. Your experience might be much more positive than it would be if you were just like, oh, I've got to do this garage sale. Right. And it's very synchronistic that you came into my life. As I'm planning this garage sale. So there you go. There's a reason for that too. There's a reason for everything. And I think if we, we just need to look at things when they happen and pay more attention because we're living such a fast paced life. We're not paying attention when we get signals. We're not. And sometimes we get them over and over again and we still don't pay attention. And that's kind of what happened to me in my, you know, marriage situation. I got signs. Oh my gosh. I got signs. Even before I, you know, got married, I had signs that would say, this is not a, a person of integrity. Don't do it. But, you know, y- you do and, and you follow through and you ignore these signs in a way because your goals and your, you know, I wanted a family so bad. I wanted to be a mom more than anything. And, you know, so blessed I had that experience, but I actually look at negative people and situations. Even abusers that come into your life, there is a reason for that too. And we should be thankful. You know, they are actually blessings in disguise because without knowing kind of the dark, you can't really appreciate the light. It's so true that everyone that comes into our life has a lesson for us to learn. They really do. And if you look at things that way, every negative thing that happens has a lesson for us to learn. So if you and and I think more and more people are realizing that the more grateful you are, the more blessings will come your way. We need to be grateful for what we have. We have in the United States way more than people in other countries. And we're not very thankful. We're really not overall. You know, it's not all about tangible material things. You can be a person that just has love in your heart and compassion in your heart. And that is priceless. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So I only recently became aware that spiritual fiction was actually a book category. I had no idea. <laughs> well, do you remember the Celestine Prophecy? Yes, yes. So that was a pretty famous Yeah, that was. And, and actually, he endorsed my book because I did get to know him, and he really supported what I was doing originally. Not so much because he really has his own endeavors and projects. But after he read my manuscript, he contacted me and said, wow, I'm going to support you. I resonate with your experiences and your message. And actually, all fiction is inspired by true events that Absolutely. the ideas yep. have to come from, from somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So even though the setting takes place in a town in Indiana, it really is... From my experiences in Illinois, growing up in Lake Forest, raising my family in the Barrington Fox River Grove area, where I went to college, you know, for my undergrad in, in central Illinois. So a lot of my, you know, what I've written about is inspired by my own life experiences. Right, right. I can see that. Yeah. And it's funny because I had my first trip to Chicago two weeks ago. Oh, neat. It neat. has been on my bucket list forever. And my daughter goes to Chicago for a conference this time of year, every year. They didn't do it two, for the past two years because right. of COVID, but she goes for an interior design conference. Oh, and neat. I said, I want to come along. So we went three days early so that she could show me around because she's been there so many times. Then I flew home while she went to her conference, but I'm planning on moving out of state. So I thought if I don't do it this year, it might, I might not get there. And I've been dying to see Chicago because she talks about downtown Chicago all the time. It is beautiful. Well, and I grew up on the North shore and I lived in the Northern suburbs, Northwest suburbs, but I, you know, would get into the city all the time. You know, I would I would go to the free civic orchestra concerts and then I would go to some of my favorite restaurants that I just love. And, you know, but I did make a big move to the Caribbean after I retired from my career as teach as a teacher. Yes. Tell us about that. Oh, sure. Well, I, I was close to retirement. Uh, of course, I've already shared I made this big life change. So you know, I, I that made it easier to do that to move. In that. some ways, it 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 sort of gave me permission to make a move. And you know, at the same time, I wanted to get as far away from my abuser as possible. And I think the furthest I could go, except for Hawaii, would be the Virgin Islands in the Caribbean, the U.S. Virgin Islands. So that is where I went, but. At first, you know, my life partner and I, very good friend that, you know, he and I just have, have, you know, we're just on the same page spiritually and just, you know, with our friendship and just with our values of honesty and goodness, you know, so different than what I had been dealing with. So, so refreshing. But we traveled all over the world and we really were open to so many different places, just like you had a guest on not too long ago who ended up moving to Japan. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, but she she did have experience living in Japan, but she was kind of open to looking at a map and saying, you know, where would I like to go? And and that worked out for her. And and I think for me, I just, I love the sun. I love the ocean. My partner, Rick, he loves astronomy. He loves scuba diving. So after visiting here a number of times, we just said, let's do it. And, and so. I retired from teaching 
on a Friday and we moved the next Saturday, the next day. <laughs> wow, that was yeah. quick. Oh, my goodness. Well, but there was a lot of planning. And, of course, there were a number of garage sales. We had a few different homes and, you know, to, to you know, unload belongings and decide what we wanted to bring here. But uh, but I'm I'm really finding as as a boomer in a way how exciting for me to be in a different culture, a different environment, surrounded in nature, surrounded in sunshine. It's it's wonderful. It can't be better than that, which is why I'm moving to Florida because there's lots of sunshine. I can be I want to be more active because as you get older, if you don't stay active, you won't be in good health. So Florida, you can be out walking every day. You can do all kinds of things. So so I'm planning on moving to Florida and I have some family there already. So that helps make the decision. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. So that's where I'm planning. And then actually Florida is a great home base if you mm-hmm. ever want to pop on a puddle jumper. Yep. Or, you know, get to some various different places. You, you can do that within just a short couple hours. And so you're, a, it's a lot easier to yes. explore the world if you want to from a place like Florida. Right. And I love cruises. You can take cruises yeah. out of Florida. Yep. Love to cruise. So that'll be something I'll be able to do more of. I've done a couple, but not that many. But once you're there already, it's yeah. easier. It's so, much easier. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'll yeah. definitely be doing that. So what do you love best about living there? There's so many different things. I would just have to say being close to nature. I just feel a spiritual connection to where I'm at. I live on many acres in the rainforest overlooking the ocean. So I've, I've got beautiful views and beautiful trade winds and always an amazing adventure every day when it comes to animals and, and different plants and that type of thing. But I really, I feel like I'm able to even eat healthier because you know, I'm, I'm living off the land a lot more. You know, I'm able to garden year round. And, uh, and so there's nothing like, you know, gathering fresh fruit and vegetables every day to put in smoothies or to have, have food. And it's, it's nice to be able to pick your own food, you know, that day. So absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't always do that in the Chicago suburbs. I mean, I did have extensive gardens, but. I think in my case, the gardens were more of an escape, you know, to just get me, get me into a different zone that was safe and quiet and, and I could just feel productive and, and, you know, so I think that gardening has taken on a whole different meaning for me here. Oh, that's great. That's good to hear. So it sounds like you finally figured your life out after all these years, which is great. And now you're here to help others do the same thing. In fact, you wrote a book, a five-book series about domestic violence called True Deceit, False Love. So tell us how your books can help other people that might be experiencing domestic violence that would like to recover, would like to get out of that situation. How can your books help these type of people? Well, thank you so much for asking. Yes. And, and it's a five book series called True Deceit, False Love, because we really want true love. But sometimes we're dealing with people that are deceitful. So it's the deceit that is true and the love that is false. But my books are actually a resource. They are tools. It's not a tell all book. Not, none of my writings are, are ever, you know, slandering or saying negative things about specific people, but I'm, I am bringing awareness. I think part of the healing is to find your voice and 
And, you know, the first book in this series is actually a book of 15,555 terms and phrases on not only the domestic abuse, but understanding narcissism, parental alienation, as well as intergenerational family trauma. Because like what we talked about, it's so important for you to take a look at your role and your foundation that, you know, got you in this situation in the first place. You have right. To- and and you don't want to pass it on because this no. is what happens. The abuse gets passed on and on and on. So you're right. And actually part of stopping that intergenerational pattern is to to put up some boundaries and say enough is enough. I mean you don't even have to say it. You can just stop going, you know, go low contact or no contact with certain family members or people because not as a punishment to them or anything like that. That's not about them. It's about you living authentically and happy. And, you know, you don't want the chaos and you don't want the the judgment and, and the constant aggravation, you know, because people, some people really love that kind of, you know, dissonance, that dialogue. And, you know, you have to, you have to say, no, I, I don't want to live that way. And so it's important to do that kind of research. But there were so many terms thrown around, especially when I when I realized that parental alienation, you know, the loss of these children that aligned, you know, away from their loving parent, it, you know, it was just so shocking to the core. I needed to learn about it. So I think research and investigating things really helps bring clarity. And there are probably a lot of your listeners that are experiencing, you know, some form of of family dynamics that are just not necessarily healthy. So terminology was very important. And in fact, some of these terms that were coined that are in the DSM-3, 5, wherever, that person, Dr. Sam Backnan, actually wrote the foreword to that book because he knew the value of trying to research and understand what you were dealing with. So it's a, it's a, that's a reference book. But then, I used the other part of my brain to realize that we need to be creative in trying to deal with trauma. And so there's acrostic and free verse poetry. There's a, there's a survivor's workbook where you can, if you find that writing is healing for you and helpful, which it is for so many people to get their thoughts out of them and onto a page, there's a workbook. And then there's also a word search puzzle book where It's not only informational, learning the terms and the associated words with that, but, you know, when you're just relaxing or distracted and doing a word search puzzle, you can kind of think about your situation while you're doing that and learning these terms. And it's very healing, you know, so these, so my series can, can provide tools for people, you know, just in a unique, creative way to deal with, with these kinds of family traumas. Right. I think that's so important. We need the tools. And, you know, I have my daughter has a friend and they always say how she has a cloud over her head. Wherever she goes, this cloud follows. But it's because of things that happened in her life and she doesn't know how to break out and she doesn't recognize that there's problems there that can be fixed if you know how. Yeah, because she keeps getting into the same situations over and over again. Right. That's what happens to people. They end up, you know, marrying someone. Again, that's yes. very similar to who they left because that's what they're familiar with. And, and so that's why doing that, that family childhood trauma work 
and uh, trying to understand, you know, how you were wired and how you looked at the world is just so important for, for stopping it, you know, and, and, and saying, okay, enough. I'm going to chart a different path here. Right. Absolutely. And you have to, and you don't want to look back to be mad at your parents or be mad at, you just want to do it for information because that's how you learn. Right. And you can love them. You can love these people in your life from afar, but that doesn't mean you need to, to be gaslit and put down and, and, you know, made to feel, you know, belittled or whatever. You just don't need that, you know? And, but, but it doesn't mean that the love is not there. You just have to at some point, and it usually happens in midlife or later, you really have to kind of take care of yourself because, you know, you realize no one else is going to really take care of you. You have to be the one to, to take care of yourself. Absolutely. So true. And I think when you get into your 40s, this is the time when those kinds of things start to happen. And then if you do the research and you learn, yeah, I mean, we don't, we're not taught these things when we're young. So we don't know how to recognize a sociopath or someone that's going to, we don't have any idea. The red flags might be there, but we're not recognizing because we're not taught. Right. And we need to pay attention to, that's where spirituality comes in there too, because, you know, you need to pay attention to your gut feeling about something. If something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And you should just step back. And, you know, I'm a big believer in responding and not reacting, partly because I learned the hard way. Abusers and negative people will put you in situations where you feel like you need to defend the truth and defend yourself. So you react, you know, with, with you know, a knee-jerk situation where really you're better off just Letting some time go, you know, count to 10, you know, give yourself a day or two to really reflect. And, and then you can kind of be clearer on how you want to respond to situations or even not respond. Sometimes not responding. Sometimes the things we don't say are the best. Yes. That is so true. Mm -hmm. That is so true. So it's just learning about yourself and your situation. And if you need to get out, get out. Like like your marriage, you did leave after 27 years. And a lot of people say, oh, my God, when people are together that long, why did they leave? But because it took them a while to understand it wasn't a good marriage. Right. And unfortunately, for so many men and women, the, the losses, the financial losses, the family losses, the support system. Oh, you, many people end up homeless. I mean, there was a time I didn't, I didn't have a home. I didn't have money. I didn't know quite how I was going to make ends meet. But you know, goodness, goodness and truth eventually comes out for things. And if you, if you can take care of yourself some, just take one step at a time. You can move yourself you know, to a happier and healthier place. I'm living, I'm living testament that I am, you know, living a beautiful life when really, you know, the, the goal I think was to have me completely destroyed, but that wasn't going to happen. I was not going to let that happen. And actually, you know, even though my adult children are currently not in my life and who knows, you know, if their journey will take them to having a light bulb moment of truth themselves, but you know, Things do happen for a reason and I, and I'm thankful for, for whatever experiences that I had and 
And, you know, life can still go on, even though you have significant losses. People, people, there are so many people that have situations much different than mine, that the losses are just significant. But, you know, you can put one foot in front of the other and it does take time. But but you can get yourself to restored health, restored emotional well-being. Right. And you can always imagine that there is someone else worse. Like you have yeah. two adult children that you don't have contact with, but other people have lost their kids. They're dead. Right. They're gone right. forever. And at some point, your children might actually come back to you. I have heard of that happening. Eventually, they finally, you know, realize that the other person's the bad person, not you. And they wind up coming back. So, well, you know, I also think, you know, there's a lot of research that goes into like with parental alienation of why you know, kids align with with one parent and not the other. And so in some ways, I am the chosen parent, but I do continue to try to role model because I've always been a mom, a loving mom. I try to encourage independence in my kids and and their own interests. You know, I wasn't controlling saying, you need to do this. You need to act this way. You need to get this type of job. I really wanted them to, to become their own people, have the freedom to be who they want to be. And when I personally believe that, you know, even though, yeah, if there's parental alienation, there is one malevolent person that is causing that and, and research has backed that up. But I don't believe that there's all good or all bad. And I believe that even in, in my situation, I would encourage my kids to have a relationship with both parents. I think they need to know their, the dynamics that they have with that parent could be much different than what they have that that parent has with, with the other parent. So I think that as long as people kind of know what they're dealing with, so, and that's where the truth comes out. You know, if they really can kind of see something for what it, what it's worth, they might realize, hey, I didn't have to cut off half of my DNA. I, I really didn't have to cut off that complete side of the family that maybe I can love both people. But, you know, until they have an awakening and they can break free from the control and manipulation and see it for what it really is, there's not a lot of hope. These kids are trauma bonded. They're, you know, they, they've got the Stockholm syndrome. You know, they, they believe that it's their idea with the independent thinker phenomenon when really it's not their idea. You know, no, no, no child, young or adult will reject a normal loving parent. In fact, research shows that kids that are actually abused, like really significantly abused, they still want a relationship with that abusive parent. They do. I've seen yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And children of alcoholics, they still yeah. sometimes will pick the alcoholic to stay with. That right. Because for whatever reason, it's psychological, but it happens a lot. Sure, it, it does. And so, so for any of your listeners who are parents or or you know, children of situations or, or grandparents that are experiencing alienation, just realize, you know, it's important to understand the dynamics of all this. And there are, there research, there's podcasts, there's literature on this to help you understand. And once you understand, then it kind of takes some of the pain away because you realize that, you know, this is a phenomenon that happens to a lot of people, you know, so... 
It happens to more people than we're aware of, I think. Right, Way right. More. People don't want to talk about it. And, and actually, you know, we're only recently getting to the point where we can have these candid conversations about these kind of taboo subjects, you know, because when I think back to my mom and her domestic violence that she had and she experienced and I witnessed, she had no one to talk to. You know, there weren't support groups. There weren't, there weren't blogs or videos or, you know, I mean, they were very much isolated. You and know? back then you were discouraged from divorcing. Oh, of Divorce course. was yeah. a big no-no. So right, you right. were pretty stuck. Yeah. You were stuck. Yeah. And think about the generations before that too. Yes. Right. You know, and, and abuse can happen to men and women. It's not just, you know, one-sided. But, you know, yeah, we have come a long way. But it's so important to have these candid conversations. And your podcast, Kick-Ass Boomers, you know, addresses so many different topics, positive and negative, but it's they're real. They're real issues. And, you know, when people tune in and can hear these real conversations, it it can reassure them that, you know, there are others out there, too, that are experiencing similar things. And I have people all over the world that listen, and I can guarantee you they have the same issues, no matter what country you live in. So it's good for them, too, because maybe in some countries they're not as open to talking about these issues. So this could be a very helpful episode for them to be able to hear and say, oh, wow, I'm not totally alone, because I think people that are stuck like that think they're the only one experiencing it. I'm the only one. They have no idea how many people are having the same problem. Right, right. And there, oh, you know, you can really make changes in your life. I mean, look at me. I've moved to the Caribbean. I've I've become an author of many books. That wasn't in my plan. But you know what? We can make plans, but we always have to be flexible enough to know that life will just throw wrenches into our plans. And sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. But how we choose to handle those wrenches. Yes, makes a big difference on the outcome of our lives. I totally agree. And I think they're kind of pushing us in a certain direction to be able to help other people. Like you wrote those books. They're going to be very helpful to people to inform them and let them do some research on what does it mean? Like we don't even have names for some of the things that people do to us. But it sounds like that book with $15,000, 15,000 different words that we can that's amazing. So now people can put a word to it and that will help them, like you said, do the research and figure things out. Right. You know, because really language has the power to hurt people. Yes. But language also has the power to heal and help you make sense of things. Absolutely. And like you said, the poetry, lots of people write poems to help them heal. They write poems about all different kinds of things. And I think we all have different issues in our life and it kind of puts us on a path and sometimes we don't recognize the path we should be on and we stick to the old path maybe too long. But if we're open to the universe trying to help us, because they are like, look at the universe helped you with your garage sale. Oh my gosh. Tremendous. Yes. And the universe will hopefully help you too make some decisions or yep. get some clarification at your garage sale as well, because it is a life-changing event when you really are in that kind of a transition period in your life. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much we can take with us. We're going from maybe 3,500 square feet to maybe 15, maybe right. not, maybe only 1,100. I don't know yet. So it's a lot of downsizing to do. And it makes me feel better that you were able to get rid of a lot of stuff that maybe had emotional ties to you. Oh, yeah. And people say, take a picture, save the picture. You've got the picture now. You right. don't need the thing. Right. That is the, that's, I was left with all of my children's belongings, their scrapbooks, their photos, their stuffed animals, their sports awards and memorabilia. Just, I mean, I was left with everything. And at some point I knew that I would be making a big life change and I couldn't take these things with me in the hopes that they would want them someday. So I did that very thing. I took pictures so that I have I don't have a physical baby book in front of me, but I, I have the photographs so I can refer to them. And our kids, and I've been guilty of saving a lot of things for my children because I think, boy, that, that had meaning. Even toys and things that they played with and they loved. Oh my gosh. Or things that I made, quilts I made for the children that have meaning. I, you know, I want them to have them. So, so I, I still have held on to things or tried to make sure they could get them. Unfortunately, when you're dealing with, you know, the kind of person I am, there's a very good chance all those gifts and memories and photos have just been discarded because that's part of alienation. They try to erase you. But, you know, I, I am working on a book of memories so that it's good for me to recount these memories with my children. I almost feel like it's very cool. I have the opportunity at this stage in my life to, to go back and remember some things because there'll be some things they won't remember unless I, uh, and I'm not with them to be able to talk about it at the dinner table and, you know, and, and rekindle some of these fond experiences that they had that would help maybe connect them back to a part of who they were that they decided not to carry with them currently. So, you know, yeah, it's it's a journey, isn't it? It's it is a journey. Great. It is a yeah. journey. But I think if you consider, look at everything with gratitude, be thankful for what you did have, and you still, and now you have a wonderful life in the Caribbean. So you don't have them, but you have other things. And everybody has loss in their life at one time or another. We all have. My sister lost her husband and her oldest child, and it took her five years to get over it. Just five, it was horrible. So. Right. You know, we well, all I have, don't think you ever really get over you it. You don't. You don't get over it. But you can get past it and be able to put one foot in front yes. of the other. Yes. And it took five years. That's a long time. She wasn't functioning for five years. Now she's starting. Okay. I think I can start to build a life of my own because she lost two very important people in her life. So. It took a long, long time. So everyone has different things and I'm okay with the losses I have. I wouldn't want to have lost what she lost. I, it's very difficult. So, but you've got to be thankful for what you did have when you had it. She had them both in her life for a while, ha have gratitude and, and then build your life. Right. That's a wonderful way to look at it. And I'm sure that just looking at with, with you and her life too and helping, you know, Give her that kind of hope, I'm sure, is is helpful. Right, it is. Yeah. It is. So give the, my audience your website so that they can go and look up your books and learn more about oh, you. Oh, sure, sure. You know, I'll hold up my book. There my, it is, good. My website is the name of my spiritual fiction, which is 
www.godcametomygaragesale.com. Oh, that's easy to remember. That's so easy. What a great, and it, the title is phenomenal. I just love it. I oh, just, thanks. Thanks And then so they'll much. be able to find all the other five books. That oh, yeah. They, they could find those books. And then I'm also a co-author of five additional anthology books. Nice. And then I have a happening section on my website where you can see book signings or podcast interviews. You know, just kind of check out. Some of the conversations that I've been having. You know, I'll tell you, once I started talking about this, I got inundated with phone calls and requests to be on so many different podcasts. And, you know, it's hard to say no because you want to share a message of hope with other people. You do. And each podcast has a different audience. So you're reaching different people. So... It's it's important and and the the man I learned podcasting from John Lee Dumas he says that if you want to build your podcast you go on as many podcasts as you can so that was his idea because every time you go on a podcast you're reaching that new audience and some of them will gravitate to your podcast so it's the best way to build an audience so you're doing right, the right, right thing yeah well I you know I'm at a stage in my life where it's not like I need another job you know and. Or want another job. In fact, where I'm living, I can't wait to just spend time in the ocean and be out in nature and just work in your garden, do all of that. But yeah, it's yeah. so nice meeting with this platform. You meet so many beautiful, wonderful people around the world. And even if the connection is just for the podcast alone, because they are recorded and they're put on websites, you can revisit them and you just realize, boy, there's some beautiful people out there. And, and Terry, you are one of them. And I'm just so honored Thank that our you. paths crossed. Yep. <laughs> Thank I'm, you. Well, I'm so I'm, honored. Yep. And I'm honored to have you because you've had a wonderful message for my audience. The, even just like you've been through hard times and you came out on the other end. Yeah. People need to know that you can get through it. You yeah. can get through it. It's not easy. No one's saying it's easy, but you can get through it and lead a happy life. Right. And, you know, living in the Caribbean, how much happier can you get? Right. Although I will tell you, I found happiness in the Chicago suburbs. And I think I'm the kind of person that could find happiness in any location with any kind of weather, you know, because yeah. I just really find the beauty and goodness and everything. But right. if I had my choice, I, right. I'm choosing the Caribbean now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And happiness is all about mindset. You're going to be as yeah. happy as you make up your mind to be. People right. who want to be miserable will be miserable. If you want to be happy, you'll be happy. But being happy also contributes to your health because the yeah. happier you are, you get the good endorphins in your brain and it does keep you healthier as well. So oh, I am the healthiest that I have ever been in my life. And when you are in stressful, kind of abusive, toxic situations, whether right. it's a work environment or a relationship, you know, your health, your, you could be in fight or flight mode, right. mode that, that cortisol or whatever that that really does wreaks habit on, on your body. And so you could, you could very easily get some autoimmune disease or something like that, you know, but, but so really your mental state of being can have a positive impact on your physical health. So I just feel like I'm enjoying, you know, just beautiful health right now, but I'm also, you know, restorative sleep and, uh, and nutritional food and, and moderate, very natural exercise. And so I'm really, I'm trying to really take care of myself without really even consciously doing it. I think it's just a, a product of my journey and where I've come. 
Right. And I, and I, t- and that's my message on no matter who I'm talking to, I try and let people know that they have to eat right. They have to exercise. Oh, yeah. Keep control of your mindset. They're all important. Laugh more when none of us really yeah. laugh enough. Laugh more. All of these are important to staying healthy. So if you want to be a boomer that lives to be a hundred, these are all important things to do. And again, baby steps start by just uh, doing one thing to eat healthier and then, you know, start exercising. Just take baby steps. I mean, we can do so much to improve how we live. That's what I want baby boomers to know. There's so much we can do. And if you want to be a kick-ass baby boomer, a kick-ass boomer, then you need to get that whole mindset, the emotional, mental health in check along with the physical health. Absolutely. Mind-body connection. It's there. And spirit. And spirit. Absolutely. You're so right. Well, thank you for being my guest today. This has been so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And I hope my audience goes and buys your book, learns more about you, goes onto your website because there's a wealth of information. And I know it's going to be very, very helpful. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I really, it was an honor. You're welcome. Thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.